Inside Zone Podcast. Welcome to the Inside Zone Podcast, our Christmas present to you, hiding under the Christmas tree and giving out takes about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now that's a vital part of everyone's Christmas, isn't it? Queen's speech, turkey and all the trimmings, Blake Bortles chat. Joining me today is the Grinch, sorry, Inside Zone Editor-in-Chief Tom Like. Ho, 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 Tom, Merry Christmas. What do you want for Christmas, Tom? I'm guessing that a fully healthy Ryan Tannehill would be a bit like socks from your granny at this point. I don't know what I want for Christmas personally. Um, I, well, I don't want. Don't to decide. It's twenty second when we're recording this, so I got a few days to decide whether I want to keep Tannehill or get a new quarterback. And we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. We'll dig into some tape this off season about that. Not sure that picking in the middle of the first round is. Ne- if I, wasn't that where Tannehill was drafted? Anyway, um, yeah, let's let's not get Tom a quarterback for Christmas because it's, it's Miami. <laughs> it's only ruin them. Um, this week we're going to have a bit of chat about the one interesting award this year, Defensive Player of the Year. Who do we want to win it? Um, we're also going to predict now we've got two games left. Who's going to end up in the wild card slots? We might have got a bit of a Christmas wish list about rule changes. And as a bonus Christmas present, and how many times have I said Christmas present? Well, it's going to be more because we're going to be giving out Christmas presents to whoever we like, teams, players, coaches, owners, whoever, because we're just the best Santa. Right, on with the show. Um, and now Pro Bowl rosters have been announced, which we are not talking about. Award season is just around the corner. And it's not that inspiring this year, to be honest. It's either a mess of injuries or slumping players, leaving people wing by default. Hello, MVP. Or a choice with a couple of obvious names. That's all except for Defensive Player of the Year. And I reckon there's probably about 10 players who've got legitimate shouts for it. So instead of the crapshoot of guessing or betting, we're going to talk about who we want to win. Um, Tom, do you want to go first? Well, Who do you want to win Defensive Player of the Year? And don't say someone on the Dolphins. I don't know. Sue's having a great season. But there is an obvious choice who I think should and will win. Uh, he plays defensive tackle, probably the best three technique in the NFL in the past 10 years, plays the LA Rams. But I won't mention him by name just yet, because I imagine you will go for him. So, so <laughs> someone, I have got two choices, yeah. just in case. I, I've got three, and I've got him as one of them. But someone who I, I think hasn't received enough talk, who's actually having an amazing season, is Chandler Jones, edge rusher for Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So he currently leads the league with 15 sacks. He's got the most tackles yeah. for a loss with 25. So he's not only leading the league in tackles for a loss, but also in sacks. He's also got two forced fumbles, and he's held up well in run defense. He's playing for a team that's not getting enough, a lot of coverage. and He's having a great season, which I think is flying under the radar. And if it wasn't for uh, the aforementioned Aaron Donald, I think Charlie Jones would stand a very good chance of winning it this year. And he's someone whose level of play, maybe not to win it, but certainly deserves some sort of recognition and to be in the running, I believe. What's interesting is that a lot of the times when you've got someone who puts up huge sack numbers, it's they come in, they can often come in bunches. Um, Chandler Jones has got only two sackless games all year, um, and I don't know if that's consistency or if that's just not standing out. You could spin it either way. He's been a great signing. I think um, a re- one of those trades where someone leaves the Patriots and gets better. I mean, the Cardinals have gotten worse since. That's no one's fault, but their own but yeah i think he's a diff- decent choice i think we will, we will save aaron donald to last because i mean we i think you know we both wanted to win but i am i'm having just chastised you for um uh potentially picking a dolphins player which you didn't wow i, I am going, going i am go- 
I'm going Homer Homer pick on this. Um, I've even written Homer pick um, because I, I've seen a lot of talk um, this week in basketball. You have something called the triple double. It's basically getting double figures in three out of five sort of general statistical categories in basketball. Indeed, now yeah. basketball's a lot a game with a lot more flow to it, where situations and positions change during the course of a game, during the course of a single play. Um, so there's more opportunity to amass more amass stats in a wider range of areas. American football, you don't have that. You, you are are specialised players who are good in one area. So New Orleans Saints defensive end, Cameron Jordan, has got what has been described as a triple-double this season. Um, he has got 10 sacks. He's got 11 passes defended. And for reference, Chandler Jones has two. Um, and he's got 14 tackles for a loss. And that's a sort of absolutely insane versatility for a defensive end that shows this sort of... I've written the phrase, complete mastery of all elements of the game. Obviously, that, that's an exaggeration, but... You don't see that sort of high performance in so many areas for a defensive player. I mean, I, I don't think he's quite going to win it. I don't think he's quite a big enough name there. He's possibly not quite good enough in any one area. And jack of all trades in a variety of sports tend to lose out. But it, I mean, that that passes for um, that that passes defended eleven passes, and they're generally blocked at the line of scrimmage. That's something that is a real game changer for mm. opposing quarterbacks. It's something that they have to take so much more um, account of that is. It really can affect a game plan. So that's why I said Cameron Jordan's a decent one. Um, you said you got three. Give us another shout before we start talking about <laughs> spoilers, Aaron Donald. Before we build a, a statue and a monument to Aaron Donald as a defensive player, uh, I've got Bobby Wagner. So before getting injured, Wagner was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, he's an athlete who excels in both coverage and run defense. Uh, he's an instinctive linebacker who the past two seasons has really started to challenge Luke Keekley as the top linebacker in the NFL. He he did have a poor game last week against the Rams, and he was playing for a injury, and then there's this whole him tweeting, uh, sorry, sub-tweeting about old Thomas, then quickly <laughs> deleting it, and all this kind of nonsense that might hurt his hurt his stock as defensive player of the year. But, but Bobby Wagner is legitimately having a great year. He's a very, very, very good, kind of like the, the perfect three modern-day three-down linebacker you could look for. And I, I think, similar to Chandler Jones, his level of play warrants discussion, if not, maybe come second or third. I mean, there's the sort of things that are going against him for me. Seattle's sort of slightly slumping season, the fact that they appear to be ill-disciplined as a team, which kind of can reflect badly on people, even when it's not justified, although the Earl Thomas spat didn't help with that. He's not a stat sheet stuffer. And I think when Luke Keekley had his Defensive Player of the Year um, season in 2012, 2013, but he was appearing a bit more in the sacks, I mean, the tackles for loss in the... I think possibly even in the interceptions column. I can't remember. Um, Wagner uh, is one of these slightly invisible complementary players who makes everyone better by his presence. And that's really valuable. And I, I remember sort of a couple of years ago when someone gave him an MVP vote and everyone had a good chuckle about it. But it was a fair point. I'm not entirely sold on him, in, on him as defensive player of the year. I think it's an issue whereby in Britain it's a little bit harder to watch the Seahawks because they're often playing in the later games. So I've not seen enough for him. But he's a decent choice. Right, should we should we both talk about Aaron Donald then? Yep, let's um, go for it. I, I mean, in my, I, I would say sort of um, imagine for one second that um, all positions on the field are created equally. So an elite kicker is equal to an elite quarterback, for example. Because in that world, the best player in the league is Aaron Donald. Um, he's what he's he's always been fantastic um, ever since his incredible breakthrough season. Um, where you know, nine sacks as a defensive tackle, followed by 11 sacks in 2015. Um, 
what he does, I mean, he's got an amazing swim move. He's strong. He can, he can just find a way to shimmy, shake, push. However, past um, guards and centres, he blows up running plays in the backfield. He makes a quarterback's life hell. This year with Wade Phillips, he's kind of got better because he's played. He's playing defensive end sometimes. He's kind of kicking inside to tackle. He's going everywhere. He's being used on stunts. Um, Eleven sacks already this season. That's on thirteen games. That's his best rate so far. Um, but I mean, there's a great Wade Phillips quote when he was asked what surprised him about um, the Rams when he came there, and he said, um, "Aaron Donald. I thought he was good. I didn't realize he was better than everyone else. He is better than everyone else. He is a, a, a complete wrecking ball on such a wide variety of plays in such a wide variety of ways." No, I, th- I think you've perfectly summed him up there. I mean, you've done him basically absolute justice to what what a great player he is he's he's dominant in both elements of the game in pass rushing and run defense uh he's got an extremely quick get off excellent hand usage and he's he's virtually unstoppable one one. yeah i mean yeah he's up there with gerald mccoy for who's quick off the line of scrimmage and then when you leave him one-on-one he's he is essentially unguardable so he's constantly doubled and even at time triple team but even that he seems to just throw them off of a back-to-back swim strip move. It, it seems to be unbelievable. I mean, his penetration, he, he he's an absolute menace in the backfield all game long. You know that every single week, offensive coordinators are tearing their hair out trying to figure out just how to stop this guy. How can we... And I, Actually, I did put up a, 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 a video breakdown earlier about how the Eagles, essentially every time they were going to run to Donald's side, it was a consistent double team with some sort of moving the ball outside to try and they, they essentially they they made up their mind they weren't going to run inside because Donald was simply too dominant, and and he is he he is by far the best young player. If like I said, all, play, all positions are created equal, but if not, then he's definitely the best young defensive player currently in the NFL. And it's kind of a shame that he plays inside because I feel like that's often lost. Whereas edge rushers, you see them come around the corner, they kind of get more glory. But no, he he definitely is deserving to be defensive player of the year this year, and he is probably having his best season as a pro by far. He's actually been listed as an end on the um, NFL official website. Has he? Um, I, I mean, I, I mean, that's, that's partly because the Rams are playing sort of three-four. Yeah. But he is. I mean, I think he's played more outside again in a three-four this year than he has in the past. That's presumably why he's um, got a higher sack rate. Uh, four forced fumbles as well. I mean, quickest first step in the game. Four years in the league. I think he's very close to having already built a Hall of Fame career. He's that good. Should we, should, we, should, should we move on before we, we, we kind of um, get lost in Aaron Donald gushing? Um, we have two games to go in the regular season. Um, some playoff positions are decided, so congrats to the Patriots, Steelers, Eagles, yes. Vikings, congrats, and Jaguars. Um, I mean, <laughs> well, you know. Well yeah, done, I mean, New I mean, England. <laughs> Richard, yeah, th- three lost season, I think, is a, is a, is a down year um, for them a lot yeah. um <laughs> we're unbiased um but they'll be playing january football elsewhere it's still up for grabs um there's some divisional titles to be decided but the wild card teams um so often one of them makes a really deep run and it's really interesting so Very who true. is going to make it um tom do you want to start with the afc oh i was going to go NFC because that's i've done well i've done an excellent breakdown of all possible scenarios from which we can decide and it'll be an easy listen for the listeners to try and figure out shall i shall i give you the the total play-by-play how, how the nfc can be decided uh no no, nope. given that you said it's going to be a really bad listen for the listeners. No, it's a good um, listen. I said it's a good listen. They, they all... uh, uh, 
are you being sarcastic? No, I'm, I've, I've put it out in plain black and white, you know, just, just what needs to happen for different teams to get in. Okay. Right. Well, well t- 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 tell you what, we, we'll do AFC first, and then you can do that takedown, and I'll talk about NFC, and then you can say who you think will get in. Excellent. So the AFC, the Titans, they're currently 8-6, and six, and they play the Rams and Jags. Two losses for me, so so for yeah. me personally, I think to get into the AFC playoffs, you have to go over 500. That's the... That's any team over 500 is probably going to get in. So I like the Ravens, who are facing the Bengals and Colts. They're currently 8-6. and six. I think you chalk those two up as wins. And then really yeah. it comes down to the Chargers and the Bills. Now, the Chargers are 7-7. Seven and seven, Bills are 8-8. Eight and eight. Bills are playing New- at New England, I believe, and then Miami. So that's going to be a 9-7, and seven, whereas the Chargers, I believe, are playing the Raiders. and I, I can't remember the other team, but I think it, I, I've chalked up. So that'll be 9-7. and seven. And what gets Chargers are playing the Jets and the Raiders. Jets and the Raiders, there we go. And what gets interesting here is I've got the Chargers going through based on their head-to-head win due to that massive 54-24 beatdown early in the season. I am saying that the Chargers are the best team at the moment um, in the in this whole race, I yep. think, in looking at the AFC. I think they have the best roster. And I think they are going to do something incredibly chargerish like miss a last second field goal in the last game of the season to lose to the Raiders because that is the Los Angeles Chargers and it was the San Diego Chargers also their destiny um (laughs) I think yeah I think Buffalo squeak in at 9-7 I don't really but I don't I don't have massive amounts of confidence I don't think they're gonna beat New England I don't have that much confidence that they're gonna beat Miami but I mean yeah I, I can't see I mean I can't see the Chargers being on it enough to win two games to get to nine seven. I mean, who's, I mean, who's got? I, what I've not looked at is, is I'm desperate, desperate for the Titans not to get in because I probably want maybe playing one of the five worst teams brands of Very football true. in the league at the moment. They are diabolical to watch. Can they get in eight eight? Can they get in? I mean, they must have the tiebreaker over the Bills at the moment, given they're the fifth and the Bills are sixth, and that would just be. That, well, I mean, it, it would it would be a lovely, tasty, nice walkover win for the Jags over the Titans. So at least we'd have the Jags um, lining up against. Well, it would probably be the Steelers, which would be interesting. Um, which is um, one step closer to the Blake Bortles Super Bowl win. Oh. <laughs> if only we can only dream a Christmas miracle. Um, yeah, I, I mean, to, to be honest, whoever gets that sixteen in the AFC is going to lose. Very yeah. true. Very true. I think that's true. You agree on that? Yeah, I think that's a consensus there. Cool. Well, well. Do you want? Do you want to? Do you want to break down what the what every team has to do in the NFC? Because then I'm gonna um go over my predictions, and then you can answer that. Because okay. AFC, your team's in the NFC, my team's in the NFC, so okay. that's fair. So in the NFC playoff race, there's really it's kind of a three-team race between the Falcons, the Cowboys, and the Lions because the Saints and the Panthers, one of those two is going to lock up that, that final spot, aren't they, essentially? Are you ruling out the Seahawks? Uh, let's see. Okay, you can, see, you can throw the Seahawks in there, but for the purpose of this exercise, I've got the three teams here. So the Falcons own the head-to-head tiebreaker over Dallas and Detroit. but they play And the, also Seattle, as it happens. And uh, Seattle, there we go. But they play the Saints and Panthers in the final two games. Dallas owns the tiebreakers over the Saints and Panthers, but if both... But if they both lose their final two games, unlikely, as they both play the Falcons and they've also played the Bucks, then Dallas gets in. So if we don't think Atlanta will win one game or Dallas will win out, that opens the wild card spot for Detroit to back their way into the playoffs. The Lions play the Bengals 
then the Brett Hundley Packers. And despite losing a head-to-head tiebreaker against Atlanta, if they win out and the Falcons can't get the job done, which we've seen many a time in the past couple of years, they would backed all the way into the playoffs. And the Seahawks, well, they've just got absolutely waxed by the Jags and the Rams. So let's see how they fare. What are your predictions, Nick? So um, I'm gonna. here's what I think is going to happen to every team. The Falcons... I think they're going to lose the Saints this weekend. Yep. I mean, I think that's it's in the Super Bowl Dome. Um, Falcons lost to um, uh, um, Falcons beat the Saints when the Saints are missing a whole raft of key starters who are now back. Yep. Um, I think they also lose to Carolina. I don't like that matchup for a Falcons team that is okay. stuttering generally. Um, so Falcons at nine seven. So I think we, we're happy with that. Um, is that going to be enough? Wait and see. Um, I think the Detroit Lions. Um, I am. I am giving them um, Chargers itis here. Oh no! Um, and they're, they're, they're they're not the same team as no. the Chargers. They they are they aren't the two thousand eight. But it just seems so perfectly set up for them to either lose no. to um, Cincy or the Brett Hundley Packers. Who no. Brett Hundley Packers have not been that bad. Hundley hasn't been great, but the Packers have rallied round. And that last game, that last. I mean, our last game's actually in Detroit. I thought it was in Green Bay. I just. I mean, it, there's no rationality. I just think we're, we're, at, we're at this point in the season where predicting calumny for teams is just the... It, it's fairly easy money, it feels like. Um, Seahawks, well, I think they lose to the Cowboys this weekend and then they're out of it. So what happens to the Cowboys? Well, the Cowboys have beaten Seattle. They're suddenly 9-6. And what's this? They're going to Philadelphia, Ooh. a Philadelphia team who are surely going to be resting a bunch of starters in Week 17. And what happens? Oh, no, they lose to a bunch of Philadelphia team with Nick Foles at quarterback, resting a bunch of starters, miss out on the playoffs. And Atlanta lose two games, but they've got the tiebreaker and they get in at 9-7. I think the Panthers have obviously a fifth seed slot. So, yeah. What about you, Tom? Are so you you sounded like you were going for the Lions. Well, I've got the Panthers winning the division. So, that leaves Ooh. the Saints as the wild card team. So, that means that means you're saying that the um, Saints are going to lose to the Falcons this week. Oh. Um, uh, yeah. Because I, if, I, or, I, or losing to the Bucks next week. I think... Oh, I don't know, actually. Saints, Saints have got a tiebreaker over the Panthers. That's very true. Okay, one of those two teams. We, we won't digest from that one, but one of those two teams. And then I've also yeah, got... Yeah, they're going to be four and five, probably. Same as last year, I've got the Detroit Lions backing their way into the NFC playoffs. Despite not being the best team, nowhere near the best roster, Jim Caldwell has somehow saved himself a job for another year and the Lions will backdoor their way into the playoffs and most likely get absolutely waxed in the first round so i've got the lions and then probably the panthers that that would probably be would it be probably be lions rams um or is there a chance to be lions vikings or the vikings got um, vikings have got uh the packers this week yeah i think they've got a very winnable game as well i think i think, I think they play in the bengals or something i think they could, could you could end up with um five twelve four teams there um, you probably won't. Philly will probably win one of their last two games because Nick Foles yeah, looks... Vi- but, well, they're playing the Raiders. So Vikings got Packers and the Bears, sorry. So I think they pretty much yeah. chalk up. 12-4 minimum, yeah. Yeah, they got Well, yeah, I mean, it's all going to be on. Um, cool. So, that's, that's, so that is what will happen. If anything else happens, ignore it. That's fake reality. <laughs> um, but it's Christmas and... Um, well, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna give Tom a treat here because um, when when I 
Um, Tom is basically a child, I should tell you. Um, I mean, that, that is basically because it's acutely how I feel the, the 10 year gap between our ages. Um, I'm not an old man, so he must be a child. Um, but I am letting Tom write a Dear Santa wish list for rule changes that he wants in the NFL. And depending what kind of Santa I am, I'll either give him what he wants or he gets a lump of coal and I decide. So, Tom, get your, get your pen out, get, get your pen out, get your um, Santa dress envelope, going to Lap, Lap, Lapland. Tell Santa what rule changes you'd like to see in the NFL. Dear Santa, I hate the touchback rule. Thank you, Tom. The the whole touchback rule. I just hate the no, not 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 the um not kickoff returns, but when a quarterback or anyone is running for the end zone, stretching out, and then the ball goes out. When an offense oh. fumbles the ball out of the out of the end zone, and then it's a touchback, and the other team gets it. Why can't? Okay, I get that there should be a touchback put it back to the 20 but why does the offense automatically lose the ball why why can they not keep the ball the defense didn't recover it i don't i don't like that rule i'd like to see it where the offense yeah they go back to the 20 yard line but maybe they keep the ball and just lose the down yeah i mean the, yeah it's or, or go back to or have to go to start from the 20 yard line or 10 yard penalty from the um last yeah. um i mean that, that that seems sort of vague. it's it's weirdly punitive and weirdly overly generous the defensive team um it's yeah, a, bro- uh, it's sat, a broken sat, rule, sat, isn't it? That's been obviously been in the rule book for years and years. They just and it seems to have cropped up about three or four times this year, and every time I, every time it happens, it just seems ridiculous to me. So, so well, Santa, Santa is wrapping up. Um, his, <laughs> he's put he's put he's put his verdict in a box, all tied up lovely in a nice gold sparkly ring. Um, we tried to get the dolphin scores, but they they're hideous, so we didn't. Oh, um, now, yeah. uh, Tom's going to open it. Is it going to be a lump of coal to say he's been a bad boy, or is it going to be? Uh, a clementine clementine or orange i can never remember what they are so he's been a good boy he opens it up and it's the fruit yay tom you get your rule change boom have you got any others that you would like to ask santa for um one that i personally hate is i really don't like the off the offsetting penalties i i believe there should be some sort of levels or uh ser- like a serious scale of of how bad penalties are so i don't have the idea that a play, like penalties offset because someone on the defense or someone holds downfield that should not negate a quarterback getting absolutely smacked or taking a really late hit out of bounds i don't think that offsetting penalties there should be some sort of severity where one is more severe than the other one that one is enforced i don't have the idea that offsetting penalties you know you could do one childish little one that doesn't really affect the game and another one where you could seriously injure a player and that could potentially change the whole course of the game and that one doesn't that one doesn't get that one kind of get offset. I don't like that whole offsetting rule. I think it's it's not very clean as far as I'm aware. I don't I don't really like that one. What about yourself? What do you think about that one? That's I I I, I do see the logic. I think that's potentially quite fraught. Um, but I mean, at the moment, you've got ten yard penalties and fifteen yard penalties. Where does say um, a sort of pass interference penalty come into that when it can be so much more than 15 yards it, it's tricky I, I, I think it could work but um well, santa's I, I, um, wrapping I, the gift up he's put it in a box I, no no okay okay come on go on I don't, I, I don't like see, it. See, I, I don't santa, like, santa might make the court the quarterback could get absolutely you know leveled and be out for the whole entire game and if his right guard held then there's no punishment i mean at least give the at least give the the, um, the protection to the players unnecessary reference to something that that should out you know outweigh a holding call or something Mm, yeah, I mean, 
Anyway, I, I am I am going to deliver my verdict by the me- medium of present yet again because Santa's wrapped it up. He's put it in a box, and we've we've gone for black and gold this time, driven the fact that I'm a Saints fan and that the Dolphins' colours are not particularly Christmassy. Um, I suppose black isn't either. <laughs> I don't know he's given. Um, one of them here is um, some sort suggested on Twitter by... It was either an ex or current player, I can't remember. Um, but if someone's diagnosed with a concussion, they, they shouldn't be able to play the next week no matter what. It, it is such a dodgy thing to know, understand when someone's recovered from. The concussion protocol is... Uh, I guess... But it seems daft to me that someone should should be kind of working to get fit, to, to putting themselves at risk to play the next week. And you know, you can, you can it's potentially serious here. If you have concussions in quick succession, that's a real problem. Um, what about the Super Bowl? You ask. Well, that's easy. There's a week off before the Super Bowl. If you get if you get a concussion in the um, in your conference championships, then that's two weeks for Super Bowl, and you're not going to be going to Pro Bowl. So don't worry. Um, I mean, I think I think that's. How do you feel about that? Any any thoughts? Um, on what Santa's got for you there, or would you rather have had Cole? I don't know. It's a it's a difficult one to judge because every single case is going to be different. You know, some people can have lingering effects for weeks and potentially the rest of their lives. I mean, and Sue yeah. and Sue Cravens, the Redskins linebacker slash safety, uh, last season suffered a concussion so severe that he will have to use glasses for the rest of his life. It's impacted his vision. So, it's it's one of these ones where it's it's very very difficult to I... understand. There's no concrete kind of answer each 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 case is is different so it, that's quite a hard one to have a, a universal rule i think i think erring on the side of caution say a, a one game minimum whatever I, happens i think is, so yeah maybe maybe like a, yeah. you know, the one game just, might work i hope, hope that it won't try and encourage teams well i'm sure it will to get to dodge the rule anyway as they currently do hi seahawks and russell wilson hi texans and bizarrely tom savage um i also have one i've got one that's way out of there that i suspect you will be returning to the north pole um i want to reintroduce the rouge um the rouge so the, the early form of actual football before football was codified by the fa this is um what we understand as football so soccer um and it still exists in kind of american football um, in early football, it was the idea that there were essentially goals beyond the goals, and you could score rouges if your shot missed, but not by too much, and they would be used to decide if um, who won if a game was tied. Um, Canadian football, it's all French and confusing, so um, not that. But here's my idea: um, any any kick, any kick um, that goes through the uprights is one point. So say it's from a kickoff. You start as normal from the opposition 25. Um, but yeah, but the team who kicks it to get a point as a reward for having um, Justin Tucker. I mean, a really good kicker. Um, I, I think I've got a few sort of tweaks that a game can't end on a rouge or maybe even, heck, can't score one within the last two minutes of the game. Don't know about whether punch should count for one. Um, why introduce it, you ask? Well, it's, it's a completely meaningless, stupid change. And I think it would be fun because meaningless stupidity is fun. Would you like your present, or would you rather Santa bought you coal? Return to sender. Don't like that. No, Return no to thanks. sender. Don't like that, Don't like that at all. <laughs> let... Boo. And we won't, even that... de- we won't even deal with the catch rule, which robbed the Steelers, so let's not go into that. That could be a 15-minute a podcast in itself about <laughs> overruling the catch rule, and especially the grounding element, so let's leave that, that Pandora's well... box alone. Shall, shall we shall we finish on a lighter note? Um, but because um, it's a season after all, um, here at the Inside Zone, we don't really care what you celebrate: Christmas, Hanukkah, Festivus, Candle Nights. It's time to give gifts to those in want and need, and just who would like it. Um, so we've come up with some present ideas to help you get a last-minute gift for the important NFL figure in your life. Um, shall I start? 
Yep, go on, you go first. Good, because um, if you're trying to buy for Jimmy Haslam or John Dorsey, the owner and general manager of the Cleveland Browns, get them the gift of true sight. Why? Well, because they need to see Hugh Jackson for the dishonest fraud that he is. They need to understand that having traded on a reputation as a quarterback whisperer um, and then having said that Deshaun Kaiser can be a future franchise quarterback, he has poorly coached him, utterly mismanaged him from a confidence and from a complete football point of view, Amen. benching him, nearly benching, undermining, you name it. And now he's just coming out, shrugging his shoulders, saying, oh, well, sometimes it doesn't work out and it's nobody's fault. I would get them the gift of true sight, though they know better than to let this man have his quarterback ruining hands on whoever they pick with the number one overall pick next year. Tom, who, who who's your gift buying tip? Could we please get Skycam in Jeff Fisher's house for the playoffs? So the NFL playoffs, as they currently stand, fifty. Hang on, who, 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 who's buying this and who's the present for? Who gets control of Skycam? Essentially, we just I just want to see Jeff Fisher's face when we see that 50% of the NFC teams are being led by quarterbacks on his roster last year. So the, the, the Rams squad last year, we had Jared Goff, Case Keenum, and Nick Foles. Those three are starting for LA, Minnesota, and Philadelphia in the playoffs. I just want to see just, just his face. when was, did, did you ever watch that um, the All or Nothing series where it was kind of like he turned up with a dog at the end to wave off the team? Did, did, did you ever see the series? I didn't see it, no. Oh, my God. You ha- it's one of the funniest things you'll ever see. And it was just, he just looked utterly lost and bizarre. I just want to see his face when he realizes just how terrible of a coach he, he really is. Kind of sinister he, he, there. He was trying to take credit. Um, oh, no, he wasn't trying to. His um, assistant, um, I've forgotten the name. I was trying to take credit today saying, well, yeah, I mean, that Rams roster, we, we built that, we built that. Give us the credit. Oh, yeah. No, no, a thousand times no. Um, I've got another gift. Um, I would like to buy the Detroit Lions another set of those lovely Honolulu blue kits because I think they need them. I mean, how else can you explain those grey monstrosities they bought out against Chicago last week? I like the other kits. than the fact that they had none of those blue kits left. Um, I mean, they, they were just hideous. And, and and while we're here, while we're here, I am buying the Saints. I am having made for the Saints and buying them. This, or, or if you want to buy presents and saints, you know, do that. Um, a wonderful and dashing collection of all gold kits for Colour Rush. Nice. So they're not stuck with the boring, either black or just the white with a gold trim. True. And th- there, is there a benefit to this? You bet there is. Try and play against the saints. You are literally going to have to wear sunglasses at best at risk of being blinded because light shining on shiny gold things. Ow, oh, my eyes, my eyes, my eyes. Tom, who... who if if some any more people who if they want a gift you have a tip for them, I think the NFL, for the NFL fans they deserve to see Jimmy Garoppolo be absolutely surrounded by playmakers this off season. I think while I think John Lynch will most likely fulfil this wish, let's see Jimmy G with some weapons and offense and decent line and see just how good he can be. I mean his performances the last three weeks they're making the 49ers a go to watch on Game Pass. Just want to see how he performs, how he's managed to win these three games in a row, a lot of kicking field goals. Um, but let yeah, let's see just how exciting he can be, and he he seems to be the, the kind of franchise altering superstar player for years to come that I think most of us suspected and thought he would be when he was the backup in New England. Let's see Jimmy G next year bring the Forty Nineers back to prominence because the NFL is much more fun when the Forty Nineers are a good team. 
second round pick. It's 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 remarkable. It's really really remarkable. And again, Fair we talk about some I'd say. Yeah, we we we, we talk about um, elite players then leaving the Patriots for second round pick. We talked about Chandler Jones earlier. Jimmy Garoppolo is another one. Everyone is going a little loopy though. Um, I mean, it will be interesting. I think they're probably going to be. They're probably going to win enough games that they're going to actually bizarrely be out of range for Saquon Barkley. I, and I think that's a good thing. I think because I don't. I think they want. They need receivers, um, not a running back um, in the first round. And they'll be running backs later. They've got the Saints' second round pick that the Saints used Narvin Kamara last year. Um, so they'll be picking, you know, in the late fifties, early sixties. Hopefully, hopefully, from my point of view, sixty fourth, obviously. Um, well, yeah, I, let's, I mean, let's I think the, it let's would get be nice to see... Let's get him Cortland Sutton in the draft. We'll, we'll, we'll slide that pick in there. Give them a nice... Could nice be Cortland Sutton, could be, could, be, could be Calvin Ridley. I mean, there's a, there's a few names around for that first receiver pick. I think um, it'll be interesting to see. I think um, um, get hit, let him pick up someone in free agency. I think with Taylor Gabriel, who I think everyone knows... Shanahan, is going yeah. to San Francisco. Yeah, I mean that, that's the most obvious thing since obvious things were invented. And the word Rex obvious Burke was first became a Patriot. I feel like everyone who watched him in San was like, "Yep, he looks like a Patriot." <laughs> yeah, the most obvious thing since the last time the Patriots signed a white skill position player. Um, yeah, well, I think I think that's a good set of presents we've got for people there. Um, have you got any more, or shall we wrap that up? Uh, I think that's a I think that's a wrap on the segment. Great stuff. Well, and, and that. And that's it from us for this week. All that remains is just to hope you enjoy the festive period, whatever you choose to do with it. We might be back between Christmas and New Year with a brief pod, but otherwise we'll see you in 2018, all bright-eyed and ready to go for the playoffs and beyond. In the meantime, check out the website, as always, theinsidezone.com. I can't promise how much will be going up over the next fortnight. If you hadn't noticed, it's Christmas. Um, it depends how much you want to escape sort of family Christmases, I guess. Um, I won't be. I, I am obviously completely devoted to my young family at Christmas. Um, follow us on Twitter. <laughs> The inside zone at the inside zone. That was that wasn't that was a completely sincere point. You know, I'm 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 excited about spending Christmas with my three month old daughter. It's going to be great and stress free. Um, follow us on Twitter at the inside zone on Facebook at facebook.com/insidezoneuk, and we're both on Twitter too. So you've got at Tom like NFL. I am at Long Snaps Ranked. Hope you all enjoyed the show and a Merry Christmas and maybe even a Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the website at www.theinsidezone.com. Till next time.